You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. And you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. And we have a special guest in the studio today. The man, the myth, the legend, Brady Sandal. Brady, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. It's truly my pleasure to spend the next hour with you and all of your listeners from around the globe. Very good, Brady. We are honored to have you. And uh, this is really cool because... We don't, you know, we talk to a lot of real estate agents, a lot of leaders right across Canada. And and here's one of the really neat benefits of the pandemic, if you will, if you will at least allow me to see the benefit is, is that we get to expand our horizons here. And Brady, you're one of the, you know, the, the leading uh, luxury agents, uh, not only in your market area in, in uh, Palm Springs area in California, but in, in Keller Williams in its entirety. And, and to be able to reach out and connect with people like this, I think it's just amazing. So thanks for being here uh, today, Brady. I think the only disappointment is we're missing out on those hotel benefits and those great mileage plans through companies like WestJet and others, but we'll just travel virtually through the world. And at some point we'll pick up those peanuts and almonds and complimentary Diet Cokes that they serve on board the aircraft. That's right. That's right. I like it. So we're going to get into a lot about you know, who Brady is and, and why is he on the podcast and talking about luxury. Don't worry, we're going to validate all that. And I, I got your bio here, Brady, if you'll allow me to read it. And then then we're, we'll get into who is Brady and your words. But I got your your bio here. Let me let me read it to to kind of set the, the tone here. So uh, Brady Sandals, the director of growth for Keller Williams Luxury. And in this capacity, he is responsible for and I love this advancing Keller Williams Luxury market share and providing the best culture, systems, models, products, and services, and profit, and wealth building, which is important to both Colin and I, uh, those opportunities for agents who sell luxury real estate. Additionally, uh, Brady leads the Brady Sandal Real Estate Group at KW Luxury Homes in Palm Springs, California, a group of hand-selected individuals who in 2020 successfully represented over 200 clients, closing out nearly, I love this calling, nearly 150 million in gross sales volume. And for our Canadian listeners, yes, that's American. So that's like 800 million uh, Canadian. <laughs> we joke, we joke. Um, prior, prior to joining uh, KW in 2016's, Sandal was affiliated with Remax and Sotheby's International Realty, as well as customer-centric and growth-minded companies like like Nordstrom and the University of Phoenix. We could go on and on, but Brady, this is this is amazing. I love I love the track record and the pedigree that you bring to the table here. And uh, as I said, it's it's an honor to have you. What well, what I'd love to know, and I'm sure our listeners, we want to hear it in your words. Like, give us that little sixty second bio of who Brady Sandall is. Oh, Gary, it's my pleasure. And Colin, thanks for opening up the the room to let me come in. So I am someone that absolutely thrives on delivering great service and a phenomenal customer experience. So I wake up every day thinking, how do we provide great service for our internal customers, our assistants, our employees, which then empowers all of us to give great service and exceptional experiences for the customers that pay us. So I learned from Blake Nordstrom that the, the key to Nordstrom is you deliver exceptional service inside the company. 
And then all of those ladies and gentlemen are empowered to deliver outside the company. And that's what I'm programmed to do. I go to bed and I wake up with one thing. How do I make the experience of what I give people around me a better experience today than they had the day before? Wow. That in itself is very powerful. Um, it's funny because prepping for to have you on board, you know, we mentioned that we're going to have Brady on. And I think the, and I said, guys, I'm looking for some questions. What can I ask Brady? And the most common question that came across in of like 10 different agents in the brokerage. And this was the number one question, Brady, who does his hair? I was like, what? <laughs> that, I would like to know that question too. But <laughs> so can we get that out of the way first? Because yeah, apparently. it's a gentleman's barbershop Christian without any product. It's it's a no product hair zone, so to speak. So we're we're good there. And I mean, let's fifty. So I'm really thankful that I've got as much hair as I have. Yeah. The reason why the customer experience, whether it's gentleman's barbershop with Christian or it's great brands that we all know, like the Ritz Carlton or or Nordstrom. But here's the thing. That there's a lot of focus in luxury real estate to be that perfect luxury agent. And the challenge with that gentleman is it puts the focus on the agent. Do they have the right headshot? Do they have the right car? Do they have the right outfit? Where we need to go as an industry is to not be the luxury agent, but the agent who sells luxury. And I'll tell you the difference. The difference is that when you're the agent who sells luxury, the focus is on the consumer. And that's where the focus needs to be because the one thing I'll say right now is that if you wanna get into luxury or you wanna sell more of it, you have to recognize that the level of service and the experience you give, the higher it gets, the better it gets, the higher price point you'll be able to represent. We could talk about brands that are more traditional in price. And then we look at brands that charge more. It's because the service and the experience is superior. And we have to realize that money is moving from province to province and state to state, country to country. And as the luxury market moves around the globe, they're taking with them the expectation that the service should be exceptional as should be the experience. So if you're wondering, what do I need to master right now? The mastering the service and experience you give is the most important thing to focus on right now. I, I'm glad you, sorry, Colin. I, I, I want to I piggyback on what uh, Brady was saying there. And I'm glad you brought up uh, experience. And, and I think whether you're selling um, entry-level homes or, or at that luxury component, uh, wouldn't, would you agree that no matter what service you're providing, at the end of the day, it is the experience of the consumer, the client that matters the most? Is that a fair comment, Brady? Do you see that in it's, your world? It's the only thing that matters. And let's take off the real estate label. Let's not go down the road of restaurants or travel or, or consumer spending. Let's focus on just agnostic consumer experiences. What I mean by that is we know that when a customer leaves a transaction, whether they leave a restaurant, a real estate escrow, 
a car transaction, when they leave, they're moving on to something else. And the data suggests that there's a 65% chance they may not come back, not because of the job not being done, because they're not connected to the brand that gave them that product, service, or experience. So we have to recognize that we could do everything we could do. We could sell them the right car. We could sell them the perfect house. We could get them a record price. But if they're not connected to the brand, 65% or 6.5 of those 10 clients may not come back. So we have to recognize the importance of securing them to the brand. And how we do that, how we do that, gentlemen, is not wait till the end of the transaction to chase them down with a closing gift. Here's, honestly, at the end of the transaction, they're tired. They're tired of moving, they're tired of us, and we're probably a little tired of them, right? Let's pull out the transfer. We're exhausted. We don't wanna see them call for a while. It's a fond farewell. So rather than chase them with that bottle of wine that we happen to grab at the grocery store that we forgot to wrap, that we hope we left the price tag off of, why don't we take that energy and roll that into the transaction so we are purposely, strategically surprising and delighting them along the way. So we train them that we love them. We train them to let them know what we're doing and we're inviting them to give us business before that relationship ends. So we wrote a specific program with our group that we tested in Palm Springs, and it's been magical. In fact, many agents in Keller Williams are using it across the world. And the point is very simple. You look at the defining moments of the transaction, and it doesn't matter if you're selling heart, selling houses, selling cars, serving a meal. There are defining moments like I meet you, you meet me. That's a defining moment. The consumer has the perception, Gary, that you can get the job done. Therefore, that perception becomes your reality. The second one is that engagement. We're going to engage. You're going to select me. I'm going to select you. Real estate has about eight defining moments. By the way, it's highly repetitious and painfully boring. You know that. You, you all know this. You've heard this. A client calls you and says, I have this beautiful home in Toronto and I have a brand new kitchen. And so you run all the comparable available on that brand new kitchen. And guess what? You show up and that kitchen was brand new in 1995. 95. Yeah. Yeah. But in their minds, it's still brand new. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Well, not panic, but you're looking for ways to surprise and delight to strengthen them to the brand. So you have to look for the cues and the clues because if you don't, they're going to drift away from the brand. And remember, real estate starts on a high note and it ends on a low note. Why? Because they're tired. It's kind of like, and I mean respectfully, certain marriages, big proposal, big wedding, big party. Two weeks in, it's like, no, you make the bed. And then 20 years in, I don't want to sleep in the same bed. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have fun on this show, so we're going to have fun. The point of that is 
we need to remember that what we do is highly repetitive, painfully boring, and we need to make sure the customer is engaged to the brand throughout the entire process. My job as director of growth for Keller Williams Luxury is three elements. Number one, make sure that we provide the absolute best culture for our agents to thrive. You know, we're building out Keller Williams as the house of excellence, the company for agents who sell luxury. And having a great culture is a key component of that. We also need to make sure that we're giving our agents the best systems and models that they can use. Now, I don't mean one beautiful sign, and by the way, we have that. I'm talking about the 14 other systems and model standards that people need to have in their business to grow their luxury business. And the third thing that I have to do is make sure that we're very clear that Keller Williams is designed to help the agent be profitable. Yes, we want the market center and the company to be profitable. And by the way, Keller Williams is. We have to make sure that we're helping the agents understand how to build a profitable business for themselves, their family, and their legacies. So as director of growth, it's to make sure that whatever we deliver is easy for our agents to use, it is quick for them to receive, and it looks exceptional. And if it doesn't hit all three checkpoints, it's not ready to go to market. So everything we do, easy to get, quick to receive, and looks fantastic. And that, by the way, is how we provide exceptional service for the customers inside of Keller Williams. And when we train them on those best of class standards, then we know how to train and give that service to our buyers and sellers. That is, that is very interesting that you say that. And when you were talking about value, it reminds me of a quote by Jim Rohn. You know, we're paid for the value we bring to the marketplace, right? And you mentioned that, um, you know, connecting with that brand. And you, you also spoke about eight checkpoints. What is it you're doing as a luxury agent, the leader of a luxury team? What are some of the things you're doing to connect with your partners? Because I see it as a partnership, and I don't call them clients, your partners along the, the way. So there are a couple factors behind that great question. Number one, as an agent who sells luxury, you have to understand the market. Now, I love, sorry, Brady. I love that you are correcting Colin as you instructed us earlier. And I think it needs to be said over and over again. So Colin, you and I need to work on that. Uh, an agent yes. that sells luxury, right? Like that's, yeah, that's such absolutely. a, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Brady, but I think, I think it's so valuable to us uh, as we're building our businesses, right? To, to think of it. Like absolutely. That. Because the visual for that from a consumer is if we say that Colin is a luxury agent, the focus is on Colin. And listen, Colin's an attractive guy. No need to take away from that. But when we focus on- We don't need to keep telling him that either. (laughs) Right? The show can only get so big. Right. But when we talk about Colin being an agent who sells luxury, then the consumer has a visualization of him doing just that. And that's what we want. We want to position in the consumer's mind that, wow, he's the guy 
that can find the buyer and bring them to the home that I want to sell. He's the guy that will sell luxury. So knowing the market is not about what the home is worth. It's more about where are the buyers coming from? What are the buyers looking for? And how much are they going to pay for it? Be the expert in the buyer consumer behavior. The second thing I want to say about that is the value proposition of what you offer would equate to the things you're going to do for that customer, the things that you're going to tell them that you're going to do. We're going to stage your home. We're going to photograph your home. We're going to market your home. That's the service commitment. Now, that third area is the customer experience. You're not going to lay that out. You're not going to tell them you're going to surprise and delight them. That is an internal conversation. So when we purposely going down this eight checkpoint roadmap, the sellers don't know they're on step three. They're not even sure they're on a step. All they know is they've had a beautiful box of chocolate covered strawberries delivered their, their door in a beautiful box. And gentlemen, you know this. Why do ladies like Tiffany gifts more than any other jewelry store? The blue box. The box. Yeah. And we are happy to pay for the blue box. That blue box is the most expensive blue box the world has ever seen. And we're happy to pay for it. Right? So here's what I tell gentlemen. The presentation is often more important than the package. And you can think about all that different ways from all different angles. But the presentation is more important than the package. Ladies like to unwrap things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know that. Yep. Yep. So we have to make sure we spend more time on the presentation than we have in the past. So the presentation means you understand the market and you can speak to it. So when the seller says, hey, Gary, um, by the way, what is my home worth? Your response is, I'm so glad you asked. Can I share with you the question I think you're really wanting to know the answer to? Sure. You're wanting to know if I can bring a buyer to your property, display the features that they're going to pay for, and get them to pay the price you want. Is that right? That's exactly right. Well, should we agree that you should simply sign the contract so I can start working today? That's the conversation. Now, the value proposition of services, let me share with you what I'm going to do. The problem is we verbal vomit into them. We, do, we verbal vomit. Why are we doing, stop doing that? Think about this. And I learned this from a brilliant gentleman named Mike Ferry. The secret to selling is simply asking a series of questions. Every great leader asks questions. Gary asks great questions. Jason Abrams asks great questions. And that's the job of us leading our business, asking questions. So we say, you know, Colin, what type of exposure are you looking for your home? Right? Mm -hmm. Say, well, based on what you just shared, I'm the right agent for the job. May I explain why? Sure, because when you select us, we're going to globally syndicate your property on the Wall Street Journal. You're looking for global exposure, correct? Absolutely. Now, that third element, that experience, we don't tell them, but here's what we do. We surprise and delight them. We look for the cues and the clues. Here's an example. Colin, let me ask you, have you been to Palm Springs 
ever? No. Okay. Gary, have you been to Palm Springs? I can't say I have. Sorry. <laughs> Gentlemen, WestJet, nonstop, Toronto, Palm Springs. Come on down. Here's the thing. In August, it's typically 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, they will say it is a dry heat, and I will give them a dirty look, and I'll say it's still 120. Yeah. It doesn't yes. matter if it's dry. Have you put your head in an oven? And by the way, ladies, if you're listening to that, I don't recommend you do it. But the point is, you don't want to put your head in an oven. So here it is. Yes. 20 degrees, middle of August, we're, we're showing a home, we're kicking our clients out with their three, three labs, and they're ex they said, listen, we are exhausted. I said, I know, I apologize, we'll bring you back in 45 minutes. Got them in their car, 120 degrees, called the concierge, said, here's the deal, we've got a tired family. They brought, our concierge brought protein drinks, protein bars, and protein treats for the dog. So when they came back, they walked into a home and they saw the protein box and a card. And here's what the card said. We recognize you're tired. We want you to know we aren't. We're gonna find the buyer and get you across the finish line. That was the inspiration they needed. That was the surprise and delight they wanted. And that little gesture, that tiny little gesture which probably was under $35 that generated three referrals from them before we closed on their home. Why? Because we looked for ways to surprise and delight. We acknowledged the cues and the clues, consumer fatigue, agent fatigue, assistant fatigue, market fatigue. We have to be the ones with the shoulders back to say, I'm going to inspire you. I'm going to get you across the finish line. That's our number one job. Asking questions, delivering value and executing. That's what we're here to do. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's surprise delight and correct me if I'm wrong, please. After every surprise, you're reaching out to them and you're asking for a referral. Good question. I love it. And I don't need to correct you, but I will this time. In, in the phase one, one would think I'm going to give the gift and I'm going to ask them for referral. That doesn't work. What works is when you give the gift and they call you to say thank you. Now, here's what we have to be very careful around. If I said to Colin, Colin, I absolutely love your jacket. What will you say to me? Honestly. Oh, oh I, I picked it up on sale. Oh, thank you. Right. First, I'll say thank you. No, you won't. You'll do exactly what we did. You'll discount the compliment. I picked it up on sale. Ladies do this even better. Hey, Sarah, I love your hair. Oh, God, I haven't had it cut for weeks. No, Sarah, I actually like your hair. So we have a tendency to discount because we're not comfortable with compliments. Now, I'm not going to say that you should say, oh, yeah, it's the best jacket, you know, only if you could have one. What I'm going to say is, thank you, right? And then I would say, if I was calling, thank you, may I, may I introduce you to the tailor that made this jacket for me? May I introduce you to the store of which I purchased it from? Now, in real estate, 
when they call and they did today, I love the chocolate covered strawberries. Terrific. Who else do you know who'd like to enjoy them? Meaning who else do you know we should represent and then we can give them strawberries. Now that's, that's really when you're doing things well. Here's when you're doing things really well. And Gary, you're gonna laugh at this one. So we closed a transaction. It was around a million dollars. The buyer calls me and says, Mr. Sand, which you know makes me feel old. Let's call it what it is. He said, may we talk with you for a few minutes? Well, sure. He's like, we're the ones that purchased 123 Main Street. Oh yes, of course. How may I be of assistance to you? We just want to let you know how wonderful it was to work with your group. And we'd like to do something special for your closing coordinator. Okay, now a closing coordinator is going to get the person from the time it's accepted to the closing. Closing coordinator. Well, that's very kind. We would like to send her from Palm Springs to London first class for two weeks. We've rented a castle. We'd like to treat her to London. Now, first of all, I'm thinking if she's going to London, I'm going to Bali. Like I'm thinking <laughs> there you go. really good. Yeah. I said, all I could say was, excuse me? He said, yes, we, we really have enjoyed the experience. We understand she's never been off North America. We'd like to her first class. We'd like to rent her the castle, have her stay there. And we're just asking if you can give her two weeks away. Of course, it will be my pleasure. It will. So here's my point, Colin, that when we as leaders are getting compliments or gifts, it's, it's wonderful. When we see that our brand extensions, our staff, the people that deliver the experience, when they're getting the gifts, you know, you know you're doing it correctly, right? You know, that little surprise and delight campaign, that, that little idea that I had where I took the Ritz-Carlton and I said, if the Ritz-Carlton can do this, we can do this. That little program in 2020 generated 70 closed referrals, 43 million in closed sales volume, 1.3 plus in GCI. I love it. You know, we often talk about, we, we, we were so quick to invest in different lead gen and different, you know, our, our investment money, sorry, our, our, our lead gen money in, into trying to meet people we've never met before. And you know here, why we do that? You know why we do that? Well, I, I many reasons. I'd love to hear your insight on it. Because we're scared of having conversations with people that we should have conversations with. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are the industry that will pay money to avoid people. Yeah, I, I it, it's so true. And I love how you've taken that, that, that mindset and pouring back into your already existing clients that know, like, and trust you and, and are just on that, on, you're, they're up on the pedestal, just waiting to rave about you. And you're just, you're giving them an experience and a reason to rave about you in a sense, right? Yeah, so here's the visual that we can have everyone focus on. Imagine there's two ways to grow the business. You go really wide and shallow, or you go deeper and let them take you wider. 
In other words, I can call 50 people a day and ask them one question, or I could call 10 people a day and ask them five questions. I'm going to put my money on the latter, meaning call 10, ask five questions. When you ask questions, then you're going to go deeper in relationship with them and they're going to introduce you to their databases. So if we're going to put our money into investing in our business, invest in the people who already invested in the business, the customers. And yet, oh my God, how dare we get rejected? Let me just pay money to avoid conversations so I don't have rejection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing about practicing. We're, the, we're one of the highest paid industries, and yet we fail to practice on our peers. We'll rather practice on the people that pay us. Imagine if we're going in for an unfortunate heart surgery. Do we want the cardiologist to practice on us? No, 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 no. So why are we not showing up every morning to practice what we need to ask to the people that need to be asked the question? You know, we'd much rather verbal vomit on those people and hope to God that our personality is so great and our car is so good that we can razzle and dazzle them into this large purchase. Stop it. Practice. Yeah, I, I love it because the, the the practice. So I'm a part of a, a, a TL group here in Canada, and we do that every morning. In fact, uh, Brady, and you know what? It's not so much the repetition and the practice; it's the feedback that has changed some of the ways I now approach things. You, you don't get that type of constructive feedback when you're in, you're out in the real world per se, right? It's it's a different type of feedback. But the feedback that we get from that perspective, I, I think. You know, it, it provides us with so many, it opens the doors and opens our eyes, if you will, to so many more possibilities. I, I, it's, it's, it's an underestimated tool that we have. That's exactly right. And so when we're going down that road of practice, remember that it takes more energy to talk than it does to ask. Mm-hmm. And yet when we choose to ask questions, we're going to find out what we need to know sooner, which is going to save everybody time and probably a lot of money. Yeah. And when we're asking questions, we have to be very comfortable with silence. Remember, we're asking people questions that they may not have thought about. They're not Google. They're not Alexa. They're not going to spew out the things you want. And I know at my house, Alexa doesn't work anyway. I don't know if it's power off, turn off, shut up, (laughs) shut down, unplug you. I don't know. But the point is that when we're asking questions, remember, they're going to need time to process and we cannot panic. We cannot panic with that. We're so programmed on instant gratification that we panic. We don't need to panic. Mm. Now, let me ask this question, dear Brady, because... Like you, like you alluded to earlier, it's not when just you deliver that service and being recognized for it. It's when the team delivers the service and is recognized for it. As a leader, how do you empower your team to deliver an exceptional service so the clients, our partners, aren't just satisfied, but at the end of it, they're raving fans? 
Now, Gary said we only had an hour. That is like a long question. So I'm going to give you the high-level program playbook. Number one, as a leader, and we generally start alone, right? We generally start alone. We have a belief. We have a feeling of the experience we want to offer, right? And that's called an, an experience standard, which is going to reinforce the brand standard, right? Be clear on the standard you want to hit be clear on the target, because if you're not clear on it, someone else will make it up for you. And that's not the direction. So when you're clear on the standard you want to hit, then we go into talent selection. Now, this is different than hiring, stalking, you know, forcing. This is where we're going out to a lady or a gentleman and looking and say, we are selecting individuals to deliver this experience. So we, we spend a lot of time looking for talent and we're very slow to select them. And when we select them, we're gonna use the word hire, right? We're gonna bring them in and watch them and see if they are really what we want and if they're gonna do what we want them to do at the level, that's culture, what we do and how we do it. So we have the brand standards, the experience standards, we'll assume calling we have the right talent. And then every single day at 8.45, I do a lineup where I'm the chief visionary officer and I speak to standards in our company. And let me tell you what that means. That they come on the Zoom call at 8.45 Pacific and we do what's called a 3G call. The first G is gratitude. They need to share with me what they're grateful for. I need to share something that I'm grateful for in them because that's our culture. The second G is what I call the goals. Where are we for the day, the week, the month, the quarter, the year? We talk about that daily. And that third G is the grit. What do we need to know today? Now, Colin, to that point, is we have the core value system at Brady Sandall Real Estate Group and it's called Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E. And everything that we do, everything we design, every person we select, every campaign we run is tested against Aspire. And here's what Aspire stands for. A collection of words that resemble brands that specialize in the luxury space. The first one is A, anticipate. We learned from the Ritz-Carlton that you must anticipate what the customer needs. And as I mentioned earlier, give it to them before they realize they need it. Anticipate. That second core value is serve, where we must show up, as all Keller Williams associates do with those big servant hearts. And we have to serve the people inside the organization and then the people outside. The next letter, P, performance. We have to remember the importance of talking about performance every day. That 3G call, that goal segment, performance. Because when you talk about performance, you'll talk about profit. When you talk about profit, you'll think bigger. You won't be complacent. The next letter, I, is inspire. And, you know, listen, it's been a year where we've needed inspiration. We need to surprise and delight. And then ours respond, recognizing that the buyers are moving faster than the sellers. The buyers are often moving faster than the agents. 
And then E is exceed. And that's not to exceed their expectations. It's to exceed your own potential. Hmm. Every day, Colin, I talk about aspire, not all of them, but I'll talk about one of them. And I'll say, here's a behavior that matches our DNA of aspire so that they're trained to think about why they've been selected, the target they're going after, and the values they need to hit. That's that's a 15-minute conversation that I never want to miss. Because when you're chief visionary officer and you're relying on the people to execute the vision, to surprise and delight, you don't want to miss that conversation. I like it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And, and it's, it, it's, it does so much apart or, or to create that connectivity that people are longing for. You, you know, we've been in a year of this pandemic, if you will, and uh, creating that culture of connectivity and human interaction. You know, people crave that. Right. And that's that's why I always you know, it is it'll always be as much as technology advances our our industry. And Gary Keller has said this many times, it'll still be that knee to knee interaction at the end of the day, because that's what people crave. And you're and I can tell that you you uh, you feel that flame in within, you know, your not only your company, but obviously those around us and and, and everyone on the podcast here. So that's that's pretty amazing. Colin, I think it's time. Sorry, Brady, go ahead. I think it's time. I've learned from great, great CEOs, and I mean CEOs who deliver exceptional service. And I'll just go back to my first employer was was Nordstrom. And I learned from the executive team that the secret sauce is the fact they focus on exceptional service inside the company. And then all of those ladies and gentlemen are ready to deliver exceptional service for the customers that pay them trick is the consumers think they're always first but it's the internal customers that are first because when you have challenges when systems or models or hiccups happen and they crumble they're going to have a foundation of culture and that's why keller williams is so strong because our culture we will we will have wins and we'll have some challenges and we'll make service recoveries. It's our culture that keeps everyone grounded. It's our culture that allows us to bounce back. So when you're out here listening and you're trying to build a bigger vision, never underestimate the importance of building culture first because everything you do has to tie back to culture. And culture is not just qualitative touchy-feely, it's quantitative as well. Right. Right. Well, it does a couple of things, right? And, and you know, it you're you're modeling what you want that culture to to feel like and be like, right? And and you're modeling what you expect that experience to be like with your consumer, with inside the organization. And and to me, you know, as a leader, and Colin, you're a leader too. Like that that goes. You, you can't measure that sometimes. That's just something that is often taken for granted, but never executed well, I, I find. Well, and I, and I would challenge you on this, Gary, because customer service is measurable. Sure. We just, not, we just choose not to measure it. Right. But the way it's measured is the obvious of who's coming in a little earlier, who's staying a little longer. Mm. 
who's using less personal time off? Who's excited to go learn something? How many referrals are What's the energy, like what's the measurement that we're looking at, right? Sure. And so if we really choose to, as we here in Keller Williams, inspect what we expect and we measure it, we'll learn that everything we do, everything we do is measurable, especially delivering great service and exceptional consumer experiences. Yeah, well said, well said, very good. Good. So I think it's time, Colin. Uh, we do this little segment, Brady, where we have um, a set of questions we like to ask. I got them all printed off here. And I love um, it. so I'm we, ready. I've, I've, I'm, I'm ready for these questions. Yeah, we call this the, the rapid fire. <laughs> and and these questions will all be serious. None whatsoever. If you get my drift. So I get your drive. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And we've done this with with everybody. And not to say that this won't be fun because it's always fun, my friend. And anything that and these questions are always fun. We did. We, who have we done I'm not this as with? Fragile as I look, Gary. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not as fragile as I look. I like it. You read in between lines that weren't even there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. Play a little background music. So let's start off with some easy ones. These most likely will be yes or no questions. You might have to think a little bit on some of them, but something easy. Would you rather be texting or talking? Talking. Yeah, good. Uh, favorite season of the year. Now, that might be different for you down in Palm Springs, but favorite season of the year. Uh, I'm going to go with fall. Fall. Okay, very good. Okay, this is important. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Oh, that's a great one. Mm. But I'm raving fan of vegan food and I love a good animal cracker box. I can eat the whole box in minutes. I'm going with no, it's not wrong at all. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, a place you want to travel to most? Anything by the water. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, especially right I now. Literally, I literally had 24 hours. I flew to Hawaii, which took six hours. I spent 20 hours on the island nine of which I was probably asleep and I flew back and I felt like I was gone for months. Love it. The, the water's a great place. Anything with water. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, favorite junk food. Oh, wow. Licorice. Licorice. Black or red? Red. That's yes. not even an option. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like it. Okay. Uh, this is another, again, very important question. Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Always. Always. Well done. Yeah. You just don't want them to catch you doing yeah. it. But it's details. <laughs> yeah. Details. Details. Uh, yeah. This this next question, Colin, you you might remember it. Uh, it always creates um, yes an interesting yes. conversation. However, uh, name one of the seven drawer, dwarfs. Sleepy. Yep. With without hold, it's always sleepy is the number one answer, and I always tell people wow. never read into the answers. Um, you know, he's so cute. The, the sleepy dwarf was so cute. You just want to put him on a little shelf and let him sleep there. I mean, it's just so cute. Right? Yeah, love it. I love it. Okay, we'll do a couple more here. Uh, would you rather cake or pie? Oh, I'm gonna go with cake for five hundred. 500 to cake. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, I'm a pie guy. Um, cheesecake. I'm cheesecake. That, 
That's well. That's because you're so elegant. I mean, of course. <laughs> I'm like Betty, Betty, or what? Uh, what is that? Not Betty Crocker. Betty Crocker. Yeah, Betty Crocker. Yeah, yeah. Betty Crocker. Yeah. I'm all in for chocolate cake. Do you guys in in the states or Palm Springs where you're? Do you have McCain's McCain's uh, cake? It's no. this. It's it's this pre-made cake. You get it at your local superstore. It's the it's got to have t- it's got to have ten pounds of sugar in it, but it's the moist, most 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 moist cake you've ever had in your life. Anyways, I digress. Uh, okay, uh, last one: um, The Godfather or Star Wars? Oh wow! You know what? I've never seen Star Wars. So I'm going to go with Godfather. There you go. Ooh. I think I think Colin, that's the leading one answer, right? Le- yes, the leading yes, answer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if it was if it was Star Wars, we would end it right now. So look at that. You bought yourself another few more minutes on the show. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm honored. That's great. Now I've got to go have some animal crackers and watch The Godfather while you eat red licorice. And I've got a, and I've got a chocolate cake in the oven. Yeah, what, what more could you ask for? That It's funny because... I don't know what it is. The seven doors. Everyone goes to sleepy. Or what was the other one that people come up with? Is um, no, it's it's no, usually it's, it's sleepy. It's like sleepy. Not, yeah, it's always sleepy. Yeah. Even Diana Kokoska was like sleepy. I was like, yeah. Diana, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to pull it back, but she couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was too I'm late. Just, I'm just honored that I'm old enough to know about the seven doors. <laughs> I got to tell you, I went to Starbucks the other day and I, and I, you know, Brady, which in my mind is Brady, like the Brady Bunch, right? The Brady Bunch. And I said the Brady Bunch and she's like, a bunch of what? <laughs> oh, Brady there Bunch. Yeah. So this is how she's called Brady. It was, uh, it was R-A-I-D-I-E-Y. Brady. I was like, I'm a spray. I'm from a TV show. But she was, she's like, oh, she's like, I'm a lot old. I'm a lot younger than you. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Ouch. I don't, I don't know. What do you say to that? Yeah. Well, I still tipped her. Bless her heart. I still gave her a gratuity. You are gentlemen. But I said, I can't, I can't go back with an R-A-I-D-I-E-Y. <laughs> not going to work so nice okay you brought up you brought up tv show and when i was doing some research you've been a part of some tv shows is this correct yes talk to us a little bit about that so i had the pleasure of hosting several shows for um hdtv and on hdtv national open house what you get for the money and some other some other shows and it, it was a great run i absolutely loved it and i was in las vegas and they called and said, we have another show for you to run. And I was with a good friend of mine, Tarek El Musa. You'll recognize that name. And I said, I, you know, I just can't do this. I said, Tarek, do you want to do the show? I put Tarek in with the producer. And now, you know, Tarek from his TV shows. So I had been coaching Tarek at the time. And I said, Tarek, I think you'd be perfect to carry the baton, the torch. He ran with it. I could not be more proud of him. He is wow. living big, big life. And I'm just honored that I could kind of give him that connection. And really that's the benefit of our world is when we connect to other people, we can open doors that maybe we don't want to open for ourselves any longer, but we want to open the doors for the people around us. But I I love the network. I love the production. There, there is an interest in doing a show right now. I'm not sure if we're going to go down that road because I love the chair that I'm in right now, but um, there, there's just, you know, something about TV, 
and I, and I will still laugh about this. So Colin, I was in the grocery store a few months ago and this woman came in she's like, oh my God. She's like, I, I watch you on TV. She's like, you have gained a little weight. <laughs> now the, the problem was I was in the aisle buying a jar of Skippy peanut butter. That was the problem, Colin. <laughs> Did you put it back? I was Did in you put the it wrong back? aisle. But wow. I, I'll tell you this, she was inspirational. I went from 205 to 195, you know, so I'm now I'm now I'm back where I should be. But I, I'm glad you're that you have the personality that you're happy with yourself because in this show yes. you've been you've been called old and perhaps a little overweight. <laughs> I know. I mean it's really pretty funny. So I, I would say this that when you have a TV show and right now I have a radio show and and people will say, I listen to your radio show every day. I and mean, you are building a relationship with people. And I think right now that um, the reason why I would go down the road with Keller Williams on a TV show is because we could tell our story to the world. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a big story. One that we've never told. Largest real estate sales company, significant player in luxury, serving five continents. We are profitable. We're extremely charitable. Our culture is very strong. And, and that's a story that I would love for the world to hear, see, and read. So that would be the reason to go down this road. And if we do, well, if you see me in the aisle, Colin, and I'm buying Skippy, just say, put that back and go get a protein bar. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Now, like you, had mentioned, you had mentioned opening the door for Tark. Um, now, who's opened doors for you, and why do you think they – they oh. opened those doors for you. Very first one is I was I was wanting to get into Nordstrom at 18 and I applied and they said, you know, unfortunately you don't have any experience. So I I said, great. So I went to their number one their sale and I started dressed up nicely and I started folding clothes. And I folded clothes all day. In fact, one lady back in 1989 bought $6,500 worth of clothes. The executive walked in who she knew and she said, this is the best service I've ever had. And he said, he is our one of, one of our finest gentlemen. So after we took the packages to Ricardo, he said, come back to what at the time was called personnel. And he said, sit down. He's like, tell me your story. He says, you know, I've always wanted to work at your store. Santa Claus would bring me boxes from Nordstrom. I've always wanted to be a Nordstrom ambassador. And he says, young man, you're hired. That executive put me in their executive program for a number of years and helped me pay for college. So when you are doing something right and smart people notice it, they'll often reward you with the opportunity. That doesn't mean a golden ticket, but they're rewarding with the opportunity. Recently, Gary Keller asked the question of his top 100 agents. What are the things that we need to do for our agents? Because that's how Gary thinks. What are the things we do for our agents over the next 10 years? I raised my hand and said luxury. Everyone kind of stood back and I said, I believe that we sell more luxury than we realize. And I believe we should tell that story to the world. Gary said, put a plan together. That was the opportunity. I spent weeks on a, on a GPS 135. He reviewed it. And he said, you know what? You're right and you're the one. Go, go build it go run it nationally. And, and again, you do something, you're rewarded with the opportunity, and then you have to run with it. And every, every time I ask Gary, what can I do? And he's like, do your job, keep doing it well, focus. That's the thing. 
You know, so that's what I'm been... hearing there. Yeah, yeah. Let me just come in there. But what I'm hearing here, uh, Brady, you're rewarded in public for what you're constantly doing in private. Oh, I, I am probably one of the most private people you'll ever meet. Everything that I do is extremely private, not because I'm avoiding it. It's just because I'm really focused on executing so that all the heavy lifting is done. So when you see it, all that work's been done. And when you see it, I'm already working on the next experience. There's no time to be the number one person in a world that no longer exists. And in my head, we always have to evolve. We always have to improve. And so when we're always programmed to improve, we're not comfortable resting on what we did the day before. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I want to say thank you, Brady, because you just kind of closed a loop for me that I know we've all heard it before and you just said it. Uh, Gary Keller, you know, what can I do? Gary Keller says to you or and many others, go do your job. And when we have a great job description and when we excel at that job, that is the one thing, you know, we talk about his book, the one thing that is the one thing that we need to do. And, and I think that's a comment that we often just kind of take for granted or overlook. But, you know, we've got people that work for us in the market center or brokerage. Uh, Cullen has team members just like you, Brady, and you lead them. And, and if they do their job, that that is what they need to do. And they're going to excel and have an amazing life around that. So thank you for kind of closing that loop and allowing me to see that in a different way. Well, it's the analogy of the wide hallway versus the narrow lane. If you allow a wide hallway, there are a lot of curves and distractions and you'll drift. If you provide a narrow road, there's less energy used and more distance is achieved. So give the analogy that you're narrowing the lane not to restrict them, but to allow them go farther in a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do is remember that 97% of people want to be led. We need to paint the picture as to why they should go on that particular road of the of the journey that you want to create for them. I like it. Well said. Well said. I like it. So um, you, you touched on it briefly. We have a couple of minutes left and I'd love to talk to you a little bit more or we kind of finish off with, you know, what KW luxury brand is and how, you, how you, your vision for it and how all of a sudden that's being led throughout the world. And, and even up here in Canada, uh, we are experiencing uh, your efforts and our agents are, are you know, jumping on, jumping on that new marketing campaign and, and, uh, and everything that you're doing there. So talk to us a little bit about that because it is it, it's it a it's refreshing to have new leadership there but it's also refreshing for our agents to receive uh that guidance and that that excitement around it too so i'd, I'd love to hear more about that brady well i think it's important to recognize that the leadership that led us to this point it led us to this point and the consumers are now telling us what they want now our more mature audience will say that luxury is strictly a price point but our younger audience will say that luxury is an experience. And so we wanna make sure that the experience we give is exceptional. And so Keller Williams recognizes that we are the largest real estate sales force. And we're now aware that we close over $91 million a day of residential sales over a million dollars. 91 million a day wow. of sales over a million dollars we close every single day. 
We have to recognize too that everyone in our company is considered luxury. That doesn't mean that they sell luxury, but they are luxury. They have the standards of excellence in the house of excellence to show up and serve the customers who select them, which means the standards that we're all working to achieve. Number two, the properties are ready to qualify in the eyes of the consumer. The consumer needs to see that the properties qualify because when the consumer sees the property qualifies, they'll know the agent got it right. And that third value proposition is to make sure that we celebrate our agents, those agents who have closed transactions in luxury and put them into a community of people just like them. We have almost 7,000 agents who are just like each other, who are selling luxury real estate every day. And so it's a matter of focusing on retention and recruitment. Retain the values we want, recruit the people to deliver those values, keep taking market share in the neighborhoods we're serving, and remember that the customer experience that we give will determine the price point we can serve and the future that we're going to create. Wow. No better way to end that. Wow. Thank you. That, yeah, was, that was golden. That was golden. Very good. So, Brady, I would love uh, if, if people wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? There, there are a couple ways. I mean, yeah. everything is basically directed to Brady Sandal, whether that's Facebook, Brady Sandal, LinkedIn, Brady Sandal, BradySandal.com. If you're looking for that playbook, info at BradySandal.com. Um, those are Instagram, Brady Sandal. But you know, at the end of the day, um, recognize that if you reach out, I'm probably going to call you because I'm a phone person. As you learn in that rapid fire, that opening question, I'm a phone person. I don't mind a text, but I'm a voice to voice kind of guy. I'm I'm kid that spent the, the the summers on the farms in Nebraska and the wintertime in Portland, Oregon. And now I have the pleasure of being in California and traveling to all the different market centers that Keller Williams has the pleasure of serving. Fantastic. So yeah, for, for two, two things, follow Brady uh, on Instagram. And then if you call an is, and if you do reach out to him, expect that phone call. And, and uh, that's pretty amazing. So Brady, uh, for Colin, I thank you so much for spending the last hour with us. Uh, as, as I said, I, I, I got a lot out of it. And thank you for, for allowing me to see a bigger picture. I really appreciate that. So uh, for Colin, for Brady, that's another show of the Not So Black and White Real Estate podcast. Everybody have an amazing day. Uh, goodbye for now. <laughs>